Hello, I am Eric Corrine of The Athletic. You are listening to Jurassic Pod, where we have breaking news. And that breaking news... Oh my god, that you came in hot. That was really loud. Sorry. Uh, I get excited that there was actual news. Were you planning that? Or were you just... uh, Were you lying in wait? Um, It just felt uh, like... You just decided to do it and... It was so loud. Uh, the breaking news is that if the Raptors make a trade next week, I will throw a hissy fit uh, to the degree... Uh, well, first, I'll have to find out about it because I won't have internet, as discussed last week. Secondly, yeah, I really think it's going to be a, a top-level hissy fit because <laughs> I plan on, on not being on the NBA internet and really talking to anybody except for the people in my presence eric uh, that's a terrible all. that's a terrible decision because you know how these things work no i i do not believe in that i think things happen when they happen for someone who doesn't believe in that he tweets about it all the time you you often yeah tweet. but i i i'm i'm choosing i i i'm right now choosing to believe in a system <laughs> in which i am Free to go on vacation. Yeah, yeah. They will happen if they happen. They will not if they... They will not happen if they don't. It has nothing to do with me. That is what I'm choosing to believe in this moment. Zen hour with Uh, Eric Green. What do I actually... I mean, that might freak some people out. I think so. (laughs) A lot of of people want to think that their fate is inextricably tied to the world's events. Um, And I'm, I'm choosing not to believe that. I think in my heart of hearts, it is what I believe. Um, but, you know, on the right day, I can be convinced otherwise. Okay, we have to get to the breaking uh, news because we we did the alarm and then we didn't tell them. No, that was the breaking news. I think Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, nearing uh, or uh, finalizing a deal with the yes, Toronto Raptors. Yes, this is exciting. Uh, it happened hours ago from when we were recording <laughs> this, so we can't even in good conscience call it breaking news. We can talk about it, though. Um... I, I cannot confirm, I, I mean, Adrian Wojnarowski said he was finalizing it. The Raptors certainly haven't announced that it is final. Nobody else has come out and said it is final. But, you know, he tends to, Adrian Wojnarowski tends to be right about these things. Uh, they generally tend to get done. So, uh, if Juanjo Herman Gomez, who we will talk about for another reason or in another vein, uh, short in, in a moment... Uh, does indeed sign with the Raptors, we would think, to a partial guarantee, a partially guaranteed contract. I joked with Blake Murphy on Twitter earlier that we assumed the same thing about Svi Mikhailuk uh, around this time of the offseason last year, and it, it turned out to be a, not only a guaranteed deal, but a guaranteed deal with a second-year player option. So never assume, because you know what happens. Regardless, he will be the 20, 20th man uh, in Raptors training camp, uh, assuming Christian Coloco signs. Hey, Eric, so I know... That will, that will end the Raptors... Uh, <laughs> th- that will give them... That will fill the roster. <clears throat> yes, Holly, what would you like to say? <laughs> I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask anyway. Have you uh, seen Hustle? Sure haven't, Holly. Yeah, that's disappointing. I, I got a, I got a, I got a wildly mixed reaction when I admitted that on Twitter.com today. I have to tell you, it's a really, really fun movie, and I say that as someone who's extremely skeptical of like, well, first of all, 
I don't watch a ton of movies. Um, but sports movies in general, I feel like I kind of am just like, eh, that's not realistic or eh, that's not good. Yeah. Um, it was a great movie. Really, really fun way to spend a couple hours. The performances in it were so good. Like, athlete performances were awesome. Uh, the writing was really good. It was really fun. And yeah, I loved it. I, I, I think I think that you would really enjoy it. And now you have to watch it. It's mandatory now. Yeah, it's how, as somebody said, it's homework now. It is. Um, somebody, <laughs> somebody was less nice about it and would said, it's part of your job, man. And like, I, I, I didn't hint any. Yes, like, it is absolutely part tone. of your job to watch um, every single video that features an NBA player. <laughs> the internet is insane. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, it, it, I will watch it. That, that is my promise. I, I will watch it before the season starts uh, if that deal is... Uh, announced by the team and is confirmed and we have no reason for it to be of course Juancho Herman Gomez played Bo Cruz uh I was gonna say the titular but and his name is not Hustle as far as (laughs) I know again I have not seen the movie um but he is uh one of the the co-lead or or secondary behind Adam Sandler in Hustle they're like they're like co-lead yeah and he's really right. good. Like, I get that it's a basketball player playing a basketball player. So you're like, oh, right, big, big role. But no, he's really good in it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like when Mickey Rourke basically played a <clears throat> down and out beat up version of, of himself, only he was a professional wrestler in uh, The Wrestler, we all said Mickey Rourke played was great. When basically he was just playing a theme on himself. We're always, I think actors always tend to play themes on themselves. It's just how close do they get, you know? That's how you act, says a non-actor. I'm loving the vibe today, Eric. I love... I did get an A in grade nine drama, (laughs) I I will say. Um, Oh, man. Rocked it. Uh... Anyway, so you you give it a thumb up. I give, I give it, it thumb I give it two pending. thumbs up, and I think that you need to watch it by the time we do our next pod, whenever that is. I know we're having a little break coming up, but um, yeah, you got to watch it. Okay, well, barring barring any um, breaking news that requires us to do an emergency pod, uh, I will watch it before the next uh, time we have a podcast. Woohoo! Uh, that is a, that is not quite a promise, but that is my intent. Listen, uh, Adam Sandler is, is in... Is that good enough for you? Yes, it is. Adam Sandler is in Toronto okay. right now, or like uh, near Toronto, uh, filming something. GTA, yeah. yeah. I saw... Yeah, he was like, seen at a Milestones in Guelph, which alerted <laughs> me to the fact that we still have Milestones. Hey, man, like, that's not, awesome. <laughs> not, the, not the concept, not the concept, the, uh, the chain restaurant. Uh, well, it kind of feels like we don't have milestones because it feels like the world's about to like disappear in 50 years thanks to climate change. Woo! You all came to listen to that on this podcast. It's been a week. Uh, but, but yeah, um, he's here and now it kind of feels like we should get a hustle too and we could film it in Toronto. That would be cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, like maybe, maybe Saturday in Mississauga as, as he's trying to make his way to the big club. Again, I don't no. know the plot details of hustle of the first. You hustle, have to so watch I, I hustle. <laughs> anyway, very excited. I'm just yes. going to, I'm just going <clears> to <throat> write the whole plot, uh, to a movie. I haven't seen here. I, see how close <laughs> I get, um, I know there are lots of cameos. Anyway, uh, the second bit of news that before, and we will, this is a mailbag episode. He says, uh, 
almost eight minutes into a podcast. Um, and we will get to your questions. The second bit of news came out on Monday with both uh, Shams Trania of The Athletic and Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reporting that the Celtics uh, and Nets have had, you know, some discussions about Kevin Durant and primarily involved in those discussions, as he would almost have to be, uh, <laughs> is Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm duranted out. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. I, I, I feel like we if don't I'm have to a... talk about it because it's not the no, Raptors, I, I but obviously like... the Raptors haven't been involved with Kevin Durant rumors. <laughs> I feel like if I'm a really good player that is inevitably going to be involved in a trade rumor or conversation, as you said, it's just really annoying, you know, like you get it. Like, obviously you, I don't think you feel bad if your name pops up because you get like, it's not like they're trading you for someone that isn't one of the best players of all time, but it just must be annoying to have to like then deal with everybody messaging you or worrying and then even just putting it in your own head. And I know like you said at the start of this podcast, like worry about, like things will happen like don't worry about things that may not happen or whatever but if it's like your life and where you could be living or who you could be playing for or like your plans could literally change overnight without you wanting them to of course you're going to think about that and I just think oh I would be so annoyed if I was a player that was in those conversations I would just be like let's just just get it done so that everyone else isn't like yeah, I I compared it to the, like like just because this is the situation I'm most that uh, you know <clears throat> I have the most knowledge of. Like I compared it lightly the like what Jalen Brown's position is uh, right now compared to to Demar Derozan, uh, and but it's not even the same thing mm-hmm. because like with all apologies to Demar Derozan and the Raptors, like the Raptors were a team who had bumped their head on mm-hmm. the on a, you know, a ceiling a number of times. Uh, that's not to say in a different world they couldn't have burst through, but, like, it was reasonable to sort of expect that, like, changes might be coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for Jalen Brown, sure, the, <laughs> like, the three trade room, the three players he's really been mentioned as a possible trade piece uh, for are uh, Kawhi Leonard, back when the Raptors got him, Anthony Davis... And then uh, now Kevin Durant. So, like, you know, obviously (laughs) you can take that really, really positively. And and he should, while at the same time, he was just the second best player on a team that was minutes away from going up 3-1 in the NBA Finals, finished (laughs) two wins shy of winning the NBA Finals, was probably the best team in the league after January, and would enter this season as one of four or five like, like, I don't know about you. I don't think there's a clear favorite mm-hmm. right now at this very moment to win the NBA championship. And I would put them in the top tier along with teams like Milwaukee, Golden State, the Clippers. Like, like mm-hmm. I think that would probably be my four. Maybe I could expand it, but like those four for sure. And so like to get that close and to be in like the literal top tier of championship contenders and to still hear my name being talked about in trade requests like god that it's is, annoying it has to suck. yeah like it, it, it like, like <clears throat> we can say why the job is amazing and like i'm not saying we should have a bunch of sympathy for him but like there's really not much more you can do to earn job security uh 
in this in this life, and yet this is the reality of the NBA. Uh, I think what people would want to hear is if we would, you know, from a Boston perspective, like I think ultimately there is a package I would move Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant in, but I think it would depend on those details. I think the pick compensation for me would have to be pretty low, and I would have a very tough time getting rid of Marcus Smart as well. Um, do you have a strong position on this? Well, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, at first I thought that for sure a deal was going to happen because I, I did not think that the Nets were going to want to go into the season with that unresolved and not knowing, you know, what they're going to get and, you know, kind of just the hoopla around knowing a player wants out. But as time's going on, um, and rightfully so, it seems like the Nets expect a lot back uh for Durant and I just I don't know man like now I'm now I'm leaning in the opposite direction to everything I said two weeks ago which I know makes me sound like a hypocrite but I I just feel really I wouldn't want to give up my future um all of my future for I don't know I, every time I say I wouldn't do it, I'm, I, I then come down to, but it's Kevin Durant. But yeah, I, I, I would not want to lose. Yeah, like if, like what's the point of getting if, someone if you're gutting your team to a point where you're just gonna be running up against the same problems that you had before, you know? Yeah, and if I'm the Celtics, like <clears throat> I, like I think the Celtics are deep enough where they, like if they get Kevin Durant for Jalen Brown, there is probably a package that mm-hmm. allows them to become like the prohibitive favorite, if not to the level of like the 17 and 18 Warriors, like to a lesser degree where they are the one team that is the team to beat. Um, but like if I'm trailing Jalen Brown, trading Jalen Brown, who is a, eight or nine years younger than him. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't trade him plus all the picks. And, plus and your defensive Smart, player of the you know? year. Yeah, like, it's a lot. Exactly. <clears throat> um, so, I yeah, this is my way of saying, I think there's a deal I would do there, but it definitely, from a Celtics perspective, it definitely isn't is that complicated. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely isn't Jalen Brown plus three first round picks plus two pick swaps. Plus Marcus Smart, like I would not do that. Um, and then from the next perspective, like I do wonder again. Do you we, think we that their asking price and... will get lower the closer we get to the season, or do you think that they're more? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I the more I'm, I'm sort of with you in that, like I think they'll probably won't be too afraid to drag it out as long as possible and really ratchet it up. Um, and, and try and tr- play teams and and against off of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but like, again, it's got to. They be went so... this far with like they went this far with Kyrie Irving, and they went this far in the James Harden drama. That like this isn't an organization that is, you know, shy when it comes to really playing things out the long way, even if it. No, oh, my goodness. Awkward. I do not have the stomach for it. I do not have the head for it. I don't have the patience. That's why I'm trying to turn off my phone next <laughs> week, Holly. No, but like, really, I mean, I, this is, again, why I'm not an NBA GM, but I would just be like, I just want to close the door on this chapter, this failed of experiment of, <laughs> you know, but hey. All right. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's our take. 
more on as Katie turns whenever we talk next. But let's get to some questions because we promised you a mailbag episode and gosh darn it, we're going to give you at least two thirds of a mailbag episode. <laughs> that That's the that's the Jurassic Pod promise. Two thirds of what you asked for. <clears throat> um, I don't know even if anybody asked for it, but you're getting it. Gosh darn it, he says the second time. Uh, Eric Stackle, Flexible Roster, asks, Are expectations too high for Scotty Barnes this season and beyond? Seems like we've gone from, why did we take this guy? (laughs) Uh, That would be in the draft. To, he's the chosen one. Uh, So I I have a sub-question, Holly. What are expectations for Scotty Barnes? Yeah, uh, to go with the first part of that, are expectations too high? Of course they are. This is what we do in sports. We question players, we, you know, judge them, pick them apart. And then when they show like a hint of promise, we build them up until they almost cannot ever meet expectations um, unless they are like LeBron, Giannis, Luca. I mean, I wouldn't even put Giannis in there because I don't think anyone could have predicted, you know, how great he was going to become. Just even saying that, we had multiple years of Giannis needs a jumper. We still like, have like, it. Like, uh, hello, yeah. do you not recall a, a current NBA player saying that Rashid Wallace would be better than Giannis? That's ridiculous. But I, I missed, I missed that. But anyway. I, I wish I had missed uh, that. But the disrespect for Giannis really bothers me. Anyway, um. Yeah. yeah, he's the best player in the league. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go, go on. <laughs> it's it's absurd to me. Uh, so, are our expectations too high? Absolutely. Uh, what are the expectations for him? I think that the question kind of kind of like hit it on the head that everyone kind of just ex- like we've gotten to the point where now people are saying we cannot trade him for Kevin Durant <laughs> because he's the guy. He's the future. He's the guy that is our future. He's going to lead us to championships. That's a lot. And it's it's a lot on a player that on draft night, everyone was like, as you said, what are we doing? Um, but I think there's reason why those expectations are there. He's had an amazing rookie season. He wins rookie of the year. Um, I'm, I feel like outside expectation really isn't the same as internal for the team. Yeah. And this is kind of going into uh, one of, the next questions that we had talking about what would be a successful season for the Raptors. I won't get fully into that. I'll let you read the question and all that. But to me, I think that the expectations for Scotty and like the biggest sign of a successful season for the Raptors is going to continue to be his development. Not that he's suddenly going to be, you know, a top five player in the league, but like that he's going to continue developing, taking on a bigger role and expanding his game. And the team is going to get to learn who he can become. Yeah, so like the way I'd answer that question is like I don't know what everybody expects. Mm-hmm. If if people expect him to become the best player in the NBA, <laughs> I don't think that's fair because I don't think it's really fair for anybody. Even like the LeBron best players at the beginning in the of NBA. his career, like to say he's gonna be and obviously he was the best player in the NBA for probably, you know, eight to ten years, you know, give or take a year in there. But like I, I think that's sort of unfair to ask of any single mm-hmm. person. Uh, so if that's the general consensus, no, that's not fair. But here's, let me just sort of answer what where I sit at after a year. Like he averaged 15.3, 7.5 rebounds and 3.5 assists last year. He did it in a whole lot of minutes in a 
I would say, small offensive role mm-hmm. um, in terms of usage, but like in terms of, you know, just the amount he was on and what he was asked to do, but the amount he was on the floor, uh, it was obviously a bigger role. So I, I would expect the usage and with how for for like the year coming up i would expect his usage his usage to go up mm-hmm. i would hope that he's asked to do a bit more to like help the offense like really get started and get going uh i would i would hope he would find himself in the center of more designed actions rather than just like the go out there and get it type mo mm-hmm. like role that he had last year um and if he can slightly increase his efficiency while doing that like maybe make a you know in nudge up that three point percentage um become a bit more of an efficient playmaker allow like show signs that his dribble is gonna allow him to really create off the dribble as opposed to you know sort of just finding your spots within other people's creation like that to me regardless of what the per game numbers are that to me is a success what Mm -hmm. is like what is sort of like my baseline expectation for his career right now? I would say like I don't know a multiple time All Star, mm-hmm. like which is which is like a lot. Like, it's like, a like, lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not saying say he that. can't. Surpa- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he can't surpass that. And I'm not saying he can't fall short of that. But I would say like right now, I think expectations should be this guy becomes an all-star in year three or year four and maybe he's like a top 15 top 20 player by the time his second contract starts and if he's beyond that that is awesome yeah that's a huge win and that's yeah, yeah and that's my best effort at being like asking a lot of him while still being reasonable. Does that track to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that I feel, as it stands right now, I feel pretty confident that Scotty himself will have a really good season. But gosh, like even the fact that these are questions and and it's a legitimate question because it's, especially with all of the talk about the potential Durant deal and things like that, like his name has come up so much um, that these are questions people are having, but it is a lot to put on any player, let alone a first year player. And all of the things that you mentioned about taking a bigger role in the offense and, you know, expanding his game, the fact that he was able to put up the numbers that he did um, with such a limited role in terms of being a focal point um, offensively yeah. to me is another reason why I do feel more confident or I do feel very confident that he will reach those um those uh things that you just laid out like all-star things like milestones that. milestones yes. thank yeah. you we're back right around <laughs> bringing it back to milestones uh Benchmarks, yes whatever I, you I, call I do yeah. feel confident in that um but i just hate putting expectations like that on on any yeah. young player because so much of it depends and we'll get into this with a later question as well with a different player but so much of expectations on the outside um don't take into account the fit the opportunity the situation that the team is in like there's so many factors that can contribute to a player having a breakout season or what looks like a disappointing season do you know what i mean yeah and like also progress isn't linear mm-hmm. like 
like think about like I'm thinking about the Celtics today a lot for obvious reasons. Like <laughs> Jason Tatum damn near led a team to the NBA Finals in his rookie se- and led is maybe strong, but was one of the most important players mm-hmm. in you know in the finals. And in his second year, he's like criticized all over the place when he's given a bigger role and is taking mid-range jumpers and his efficiency drops. Um and like that sort of stuff can happen. Hey, like, remember Pascal like it's, Siakam? Like it's great remember to say Pascal Siakam's yeah, final yeah, de- finals like, debut, and then a bigger role, a much bigger role the next season. Yeah, like yeah. And so I would say, like the really uh, we can, we've spent enough time on this question, probably. But what will be really interesting is if Barnes is given a bigger role within that offense. If that like sort of baseline stuff that he showed in his rookie year, if he can keep it up. Because the more you're asked, the more energy it takes uh, to to do all of that. And we've seen, you know, in player, <laughs> in so many guys' careers, like there's a finite amount of energy that guys have and a hot, finite amount of focus. So, you know, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some like consternation about the way Scotty Barnes is playing at some point in the second season, in his second season at the NBA. In fact, I'd be more surprised if there isn't at some point. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, but but just trying to like play out the long road of his career. That's sort of where I'm at. Um, which isn't to say he'd be some huge disappointment if he's not a seven-time All-Star by the end of things. But uh, yeah, that that's sort of my best my best effort to make this seem reasonable. Let's group the next two questions together. They sort of go together. Sure. Uh, from Orlean, uh, if the Raptors don't do any other deals and assuming a healthy roster and no major injuries, let's let's change that to a fairly healthy roster and a standard number mm-hmm. of injuries mm-hmm. uh, relative to every other team. Um, do you think they can get home court advantage in the playoffs? Uh, Jay Rich asks, regardless of uh, what they do trade-wise, what would be considered a successful season for the Raptors short of the finals Mm -hmm. uh is it based on team record or player stats uh big big questions uh where do do you start to try and unpack that yeah with the first question about home court advantage I hate to dumb it down to this but like where is KD (laughs) you know um I kind of feel like they'll probably be in that fifth or potentially fourth spot you know um uh, depending on where Durant ends up. I feel like that's sort of... Yeah, like, I, I I would not favor them right now. Like, I think they're, as of this moment, and just, like, throwing Brooklyn out, mm-hmm. uh, and by by extension, throwing KD out, uh, like, they are in that next group of teams. Like, I think, I, I think I've said that on this podcast. Like, Milwaukee and Boston are mm-hmm. 1-2 in some order, and then Miami and Philly are three, four in some order. And those four teams, I think there is a clear line between them and the next teams. And I would be tempted to put the Raptors at the top of that group, but you know, I can, I can given on the, the moment, I can make a case for really Atlanta. I can make a case for Chicago. I, we have DeJounte um, Murray in Atlanta, which is kind of fun. <laughs> the Cavs yeah, were awesome um, before all of their injuries. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot um, going on. Yeah. And I, w- I think that's the big thing. So, like, I think they could finish top four, and one of those four teams we talk about falls, falls out. out yeah. But I can't. I but I can't favor them at this point to be there. If that makes sense. No, I think that we agree on that. Uh, with the second question about a successful season, I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I definitely think similar to this year. Like, the biggest, most important part is the continued development of their players 
particularly Scotty, which again is a lot to put on his shoulders, but I think that's kind of where it is. But I do think because they made the playoffs last year and that was such a big thing for them was to get some of these young guys playoff experience. I definitely think that this year they want to win at least around in the, in the postseason. See, I was about to say that I wouldn't even say it's a disappointment if they lose a round, depending on how they lose that uh, round. Like a really and hard th- 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 this is This is yeah. this is us talking in late July. Like like <laughs> um and <clears throat> like I know the Leafs <laughs> Leafs fans are well acquainted with this conversation, so I don't want to put them through hell. But like there's two there's sort of two ways of viewing the Sixers series. Mm-hmm. Like A that game three is so could obviously go either way. And then you can see how the Raptors would have been up three, two. So much, but pain. also B, they got the crap kicked out of them in three of their four losses. And it yeah. really might've been closer to a five game series than a six game series. Like you can look at it, at it either way mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily incorrect. Um, and depending on my mood, my mood, I do look at it both of those ways. So I would say like, if they let's say they finish fifth again, they play a team equivalent to Philadelphia again, and like even if they lose in six again, if they are like a hard way more competitive, series, yeah. way if those games are closer, if they don't look out of sorts mm-hmm. at as many points as they did, like I you know I, we have to connect all the dots from here to there, but <laughs> I could see how that would be a positive season. Um, but the same thing could happen and it could be a negative season. I, I, I'm obviously, so I I don't want to put a, like, this has to happen. They're not at that point. I I think that my big point is they're not at that point of their development yet where I could say they have to win or, or else. Um, I would be surprised if they're not there the following season. Um, but for me, they're not there yet. Um, but let me see what happens this season and I could change my answer by November, by January, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I I mean, I think that everything that we're saying, we kind of, kind of have to say as it stands right now, there's a lot of things in flux that will happen between now and then for sure. Uh, Cameron Hilton, I'm giving him two questions. Uh, we'll go with the second one first because it relates to the questions we just asked. Uh, the Raptors are a 50-win team this year. Uh, if that is so, what else must be true? A, Pascal Siakam leads the team in scoring. B, the Raptors have a top five defense. C, the Raptors have a top five offense. D, they have traded for Kevin Durant. E, all of the above. F, none of the above. I think I can rule out E because which is all of the above, because if they trade for Kevin Durant and Pascal Siakam still leads them in scoring, (laughs) it would be strange to me. Uh, After that, I'll open the floor to you, Holly. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Uh, My brain had not worked, like, had not made that... um, What's the word I'm thinking of? Done the math on on that. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Like, (laughs) if if D is true, how can A be true? Yes. My brain and math doesn't really uh, work. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, what did I say? Oh, I said B. I think, I think that the defense, um, would have to be very good, uh, for the Raptors to win 50 games. I think there's still a lot of unknowns on offense and like, depending on what happens 
if there are if there is a huge move or not uh i think that there's like a greater chance that um this team being great defensively would would be more likely to me than um than the alternative and yeah uh, again just assuming durant isn't a raptor yeah so my literal answer to that question um is F, none of the above, because I can see a scenario in which Pascal Siakam isn't the leading scorer on the team, although I do have, admittedly, I have trouble figuring out who it is. Scotty. Let's say it's, yeah, let's say it's Scotty. So, like, Scotty is a huge second year. Like his He second exceeds year, everyone's expectations. Let's say his second year looks a lot like a lot of guys' third right. years, okay? Uh, and let's say they have the sixth best offense and the ninth best, <laughs> or sorry, the sixth best defense and the ninth best offense, then technically none of those things will be true and they would they could be a 50 win team like i think that is a possible right. scenario do i think it's a likely scenario no so the way i would answer that is i think b is probably the most important in term so i'm agreeing with you a top 5 defense and it's very difficult as i said mm-hmm. for me to believe pascal siakam will not lead this team in scoring so i would say b a Obviously, a Kevin Durant puts him in a, a trade, puts him in a great position to be a 51 team, but I'm not going to go ahead and predict it. And I don't think it's absolutely necessary for them to win 50 wins. Because how many games did they win last year? 48? Was that the record? 48 and 34? Who's to say? Um, 48 and 34, they weren't yes. That far f- <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird year. Like, uh, there, there weren't a lot. I, I don't know if there was a single 61 team. Uh, there was. It was Phoenix. But outside of that, there was... There was I think everybody else was like 55, 56 or lower. Yeah, so a, a more democratic 64. year. Yeah, that that can always change. And that means it's harder to get to 50 because there's fewer teams hoarding more of the wins. Uh, but obviously what I'm trying to say is <clears throat> not a lot more has to go right for them to theoretically bump up. Mm-hmm. Like think how many stupid games they lost last year. <laughs> that that <laughs> home game to Oklahoma City, for example, like... That almost makes them a 49 win team. You find a win against the Detroit, game then in they're Cleveland. a 50 win team. Uh, well, they, did, they didn't almost win that game. No, um, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like the. Yes, I, the, I, I take uh, your point. Yes. Um, so. Let us hope we do not yeah. need to have players meet. I think on I'm taking. I think I. Yeah, season. I'm taking this question more literally than it was intended. Uh, my answer would be the top five defense is the most important thing. You taking um, something more most, literally? Never. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Hilton also asks, what is the over-under on games played by uh, Christian Coloco? Of, of course, this assumes he eventually signs a contract uh, this year. And he puts out the number 15. Over. To which I respond, um, to which I respond, how many games do you think Justin Champagny played for the Raptors last year, Ooh. Holly? 23. 36. What? How many games do you think Delano Banton played for the Toronto Raptors last year? 23. <laughs> really? That's your guess? I don't know. He played 64 games. No, he for did the not. Are you serious? Year. How? I feel like there were multiple and... chunks of last season where I was annoyed that he wasn't playing or thought because he wasn't playing he should go to 905. Now, a lot, yeah. I mean, I, I said that a lot. That was one of my favorite refrains. But there were numerous moments wow. where he was probably playing four minutes a game. Is, is yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that. I'm actually shocked um, the year, And that. the year, 
And the year before, Malachi Flynn, uh, in what was admittedly a different year, but if we prorated the 72-game season to an 82-game season, he played the equivalent of 53 games. So Christian Coloco was the 33rd pick. Malachi Flynn was the 29th pick. Mm -hmm. Justin Champagne was undrafted. Delano Banton was the 46th pick, 45th pick. I get his number and I his draft slot I think it's the 46th because it's the 45th um, pass, right? 45. Anyway, let's like the Raptors hope that he is, that they are deeper this year. So maybe you're putting Christian Coloco's, and like he's a different player. He does need different sort of development. Saying that, I would put the over-under closer to 28 or 30 than 50. I get confused about the over-under. All I know is that I think... Well, like, well you you immediately said more than Well, that's 15. what I mean, yeah. But so, when you, so when you if talk I about said, setting if it, I, that confuses me because, like... Isn't so if I But so don't if you I just set 30, a random number? Like, what, like, why do you think 28 is a better... Like, I don't... Well, no, because he's sort of... Well, he's asking, like, what... How many games, basically, should we expect that he plays in your average year? And I would say that number is probably closer to 30 than it is 15. Okay, like if I, I said he's going to play thirty, so game, if I say he's going like to play thirty games, most likely, yeah, kind of. Um, we can. I mean, that's not really what it is, but we'd have to get into a long conversation about how I lines are set, and we don't need to. Anyway, what? Uh, what but basically, yes. that's what we're doing for our purposes. Yes, yes, yes. So if I said he will play thirty games, would you say over or under? Honestly, over. I might lean over too, but like it gets harder at that point, which yes, is sort no, of my I point. Understand. I, so I'd, I get I'd, it, I'd, I'd kind of. Okay, next question. But H- I'm actually J- shocked about about the Delano um, number. Of it is surprising. That is really surprising. Even Champagne, I didn't think it was 36. Yeah. I might have guessed like 25. Um, uh, HJV4 asks, could you please compare Gary Trent's game to other starting shooting guards? Please do it critically. And not just a fluffy, I love Gary's style and looks. He's so beautiful. I think that was directed at me, Holly. I um, love <laughs> this. I mean, you do talk a lot about his fashion, right down to... Uh, the ju- uh, let me finish his comments. The jumper is nice, but does he have the athleticism slash burst to attack the rim? Can he pass? Why doesn't he pass? <laughs> this turned into a rat very quickly. And his defense? Question, question mark. Uh, take this that is, any way you want, Holly. This is an amazing question, first of all. Um, and I do just want to clarify that you are the one who has been outlining what his outfits have been and his accessories as well. So um, I do think this is directed it's at It's a you. long season, But Holly. I also we think it's, to, I also think it's just, things. it's a question that would only have this disclaimer uh, because the person legitimately <laughs> is is known for making headlines because thoughts. of his fashion and his yeah, face. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, I think the biggest thing that intrigues me with uh, Gary is his defense. You know, he when he came here, when he was traded here, that was like a huge talking point. And he's shown, obviously shown flashes and like the ability to be a really great defender. And I would love to see where, like, I would love to see that that is where he takes like the biggest step forward next season like taking on that challenge every game and it kind of goes back to that earlier question where like I do think um like being a top five 
um, team on defense would be incredible for this group. Um, and I think that the Raptors played some of their, like some of their most exciting um, and highlight worthy stretches last year were when they were just like getting out and running and playing great defense and things like that, using their length, um, that kind of stuff. But I think that the, he doesn't pass. I kind of take exception to that part of the question. I know that you said it turned into a rant, but I feel like he doesn't pass because he really hasn't been told to. Like, he's usually one of the best scoring options, um, especially from deep when he's on the floor. And I don't think he's a selfish player at all. I think he's kind of just taking what is given to him. And I don't really think that it's he's been told to create for others as much. That offense which with which he was in <laughs> last year was let's not get it twisted it was a mess it was not a good half court offense his job was and to they score. ran <laughs> and like nick nurse said it at the end of the year about the offense not about gary trent although he's certainly a big part of it but about the offense as a whole is like they deviated from their preferred shot spectrum just because at certain points it became about getting acceptable looks off, mm -hmm. you know? So Gary Trent, not to say it's not incumbent on him to develop these skills. I, I would say like all good partnerships, it has to be incumbent on him and the team, et cetera, et cetera. But they put him in a lot of situations to come off curls and take long twos or to, you know, try to break his man down and take a semi-contested jump shot. And, like Nick Nurse said in the quote I just mentioned, that's not ideal, but that's sort of the way the Raptors' offense worked or often didn't work last year. Mm -hmm. As the Raptors' offense grows, can he grow with it? Time will tell. Uh, I have, I would say about his defense, in, in, in fairness to the question, I think where he has to go as a defender was sort of exposed in the playoffs. Now, he was sick in the playoffs mm. and let's not forget that but i think he was um attacked a lot and regular season def defense is a lot different mm -hmm. than playoff defense so he showed good instincts in the passing lanes he showed the ability to be a tenacious defender uh one-on-one -on -one at times but that's not the same as always being solid and always being in the right place and, and being stout so right. with all that said let me put, I'm just going to throw three names out there, and I think they sort of, they run the gamut of his player type, maybe, and I think these three guys have all been, at times, starting shooting guards, which is what this question was about, on good teams. I'm not saying he's as good as these guys, or he's not as, or he's worse than these guys, but this is where I could see his career going in sort of a spectrum of thing, things. C.J. McCollum, Eric Gordon, Tim Hardaway Jr. Ooh, that's an interesting little list. I like I it. I thought so, too. Like, and is there any reason, like, maybe McCollum, McCollum's like, he, like, McCollum maybe the, is a bit much. Yeah. I, I think you know, he's at the, maybe the high end of what his offense mm -hmm. could become, mm -hmm. let's say. But, like, Eric Gordon and Tim Hart, Eric Gordon was a starter for a lot of damn good teams. Yeah, Eric Gordon especially or a, or a sixth man. To me on that list. And Tim um, Hardaway Jr. like was the second scorer on those Dallas on those Mavericks mm -hmm. teams a lot of mm -hmm. those times. So uh, I I think that player type while like I think this question is kind of rooted in isn't that player type a sixth man a lot of the time to which I would answer yes. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he ends up being. But I also think there's a world in mm-hmm. which he can develop into a, a good starting shooting yeah. guard for this or another team. I think one of the biggest things uh, with me for Gary, I mentioned his defense. You you talked about offense as well. Um, I think it's just like consistency is a big thing too. Like he's had a, he's been a very streaky ah. player. I'm hearing I'm hearing Nick Nurse talking <laughs> about Norm Powell in the back of my head while you say oh this. Norm. Love you, Norm. Miss that guy. Uh, yeah. Um, I just think that, yeah, if he could become more consistent on both ends, then that would drastically increase the chance of him be- being a starter, remaining a starter, you know? Absolutely. Uh, let's speed this up because uh, uh, we are got it. We have a few more questions to get to, and I really want to get to all of the ones that I have down on the sheet. Has Jalen <laughs> Harris been reinst- reinstated by the NBA? Uh, he stated he would reapply for reinstatement on July 1st. Uh, this is from, of course, his uh, disqualification due to breaking uh, the uh, drug uh, policy of mm-hmm. the uh, of the league. Uh, why haven't we heard anything on the status of his request? I can't tell you why you haven't heard anything on this request, other than the people in the league office are a lot better at keeping secrets than, <laughs> uh, than some people with teams or player agencies. Uh, I'm maybe being a bit too glib with this, so I apologize. I I can't answer this question. I'm not sure if he's applied. I certainly haven't heard anything. I would assume his agency would apply, uh, because why not, Mm -hmm. if he's met the criteria? As we stated, the Raptors making some assumptions with uh, Herman Gomez and uh, Christian Coloco would be at 20 players, so there might not there wouldn't be room for him, certainly in training camp at this point, uh, but I can't offer anything else. Uh, Damus Silva asks, who are your favorite Marvel characters and F1 drivers? This is for you too, Eric. Uh, I can't really answer it other than the answers I've given before, which are Max Verstappen because I've heard he's a malcontent. Um, I don't really know if I have a favorite Marvel character. Oh. Uh but this question is obvious. Uh, you get two. So we know that Christian Leclerc and is your favorite F1 driver. No, Who's number two for you? that's not his name. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> you did this last Charles, week. Charles. 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 Yeah, you, sorry, called him, my bad. you called him something else last week. I can't. I think you called him Carlos last week because that's his fellow driver's name. Uh, yeah, Leclerc would be... I would not have made that mistake for that reason. I, <laughs> my... I, I might have made that mistake, but not for that reason. My favorite is Leclerc. Uh, but honestly, like, I kind of love everybody. I mean, you can't not love Lewis Hamilton kind just because yeah. he's great, uh, like, an amazing legend who just uh oh he's such he also just seems like such a nice guy like on the radio to his team he's so nice he's so nice to fans like his instagram normally i get annoyed when people do the like hey it's monday let's have a great week but when lewis posts the photo that's like let's have a great week guys we can do this be positive i'm like yeah i'm gonna have a good week thank you lewis like it actually like really works for me uh so like lewis obviously Leclerc would be my number one but I also really love Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda oh my gosh I just love the two of them um kind of a rough season for both of them but love them both um and I think George Russell and Lando Norris they're like two younger drivers who I think are gonna be like unreal good for like a very long time like I feel like they're gonna be like the next kind of generation of really young young drivers I do recommend that anyone follow 
Batas on Instagram as well. Uh, his wife is like a pro cyclist and they just seem so awesome. And they're living the type of life I would want to live if I was like an obscenely wealthy and fit pro athlete. Uh, Danny Ricardo is like this great personality and you should also love him. He's having a really rough year with McLaren, but I also really like him. And I would die for let me, let Steiner, me f- who sorry. is the who is the principal for Haas, who have Kevin Magnuson and Mick Schumacher. Uh, and Sebastian Vettel is really I, cool just because he's like outspoken and always really passionate about stuff. You're rolling your eyes at me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I asked for one extra name and you gave me eight extra names. Sorry. Um, that's fine. Uh, but because of that, you have to say the first three Marvel characters that come to mind and you can't really explore okay. the depths of your soul to okay. answer that Captain question. Marvel, for sure. Brie, I love you. You're amazing. Uh, the Hulk, because he's super hilarious. And Tessa Thompson and... I also like Thor, but I have issues and concerns with Natalie Portman. I don't, I don't like her casting. Sorry, guys. I just, it doesn't work for me. Bye. Uh, all right. I won't. Uh, I won't. Come on. Who's your favorite anymore. Marvel person? Uh, I don't know. Iron Man. Like I, I haven't seen a like. I honestly have not seen. I did see Captain Marvel. Um, she's great. Before, th- before that. I don't know. I think I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Guardians of the Galaxy 1. And then I think before that, my last Marvel movie was the first Avengers. Okay, so can I tell you something embarrassing about Iron Man? You gotta be quick. My first ever Marvel (laughs) movie was Avengers Endgame, which probably isn't the first movie you should see. So I knew nothing about anybody. I mean, just assuming, based on the title, no. Um, I thought that Iron Man was just like this nerdy rich guy who helped them. I had no idea he was like a superhero. And I couldn't, it took me a really long time. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I will handle this question. Can you talk about the Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam possible ex- uh, extension possibilities? Unfortunately, I can. Uh, well, whether I can talk, whether I can talk about them remains to be seen. I'll let you guys be the judge of that. Uh, I could try to talk about them, and in fact, spent a lot of today trying to understand the Pascal Siakam extension possible extension and why it is what it is. Uh, I will hopefully keep this brief. The Fred Van Vliet one is simple. Uh, for simplicity's sake, I will say that as of right now, the Raptors can offer him up to a four-year contract extension that would kick in after next season, assuming he declined his player option, worth $113 million. Uh, that would put him, you know, I'm not going to do the math there, but the cap, the percentage cap hit would be roughly the same what it was when he signed his four-year $85 million deal. Uh, a few off seasons back. Uh, I really encourage you guys to read John Hollinger's article today about extensions and the rising cap because he sort of convinced me that the Van Vliet deal is not going to get done now. Uh, I don't, I can't, we can't devote enough time uh, to it. Maybe we will in a, like a preseason podcast. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of money out there and I'm not convinced that there will be a lot of players better than Fred Van Vliet, which puts mm-hmm. him in a good pos- position. And, you know, Fred likes being in good positions. Who among us doesn't? <laughs> um, <laughs> the Pascal Siakam... Oh, my God. Uh, the Pascal Siakam <laughs> extension. Uh, so the first thing you have to know is he does not have a player contract. 
He has two more years left in his contract. None of them can be waived. They have to be played out under their current terms. The offer that the Raptors can make him this offseason is up to 120% of what his salary is in 2023-24, uh, and that total would be, I believe, about 45.4. So the contract would start at $45.4 million uh, with 8% raises after that. The problem is that that contract will more than likely exceed the maximum amount allowed for a player with six years experience in the league. So what it will likely be, what the offer would likely be, is the wording would say, we agree to a deal that is worth 120% of his final year up to the maximum allowed for that player, which right now, because he made an all-NBA team, is 30% of the cap. If you, that's a lot of numbers, I realize. What it means is, in addition to the two years on this contract, it would be something like, uh, above, probably, based on current estimates, $125 million over three years, maybe closer to $130 million. Now, here's where it gets complicated. If he makes the all-NBA an all-NBA team next year, because he has one more year of experience, he wouldn't be eligible for 30% of the cap. <laughs> he would be eligible for 35% of the cap. And that gives him some incentive to maybe not sign that extension if it's offered. And if you're the Raptors, maybe you want another year of information on Pascal Siakam uh, before you're offering him 30% of the salary cap. Since we can say, as great as he was last year, the 18 months that preceded that were obviously not great. So I don't think a deal gets done. Does that somewhat make sense to you, Holly, as much as it could make sense to you? I think that you did it. You did a really good job. At one point, you said he doesn't have a player contract. I think you meant... Player option. Option. <laughs> player option. But other than that, we were following. You did it. All right. Yeah, Pascal Siakam has no player options. He has two seasons left, uh, which is why an extension couldn't kick in after this season. It would have to kick in after 23-24, two seasons from now. Um, and a, a contract can, uh, and an extension can only make a contract uh, run for, a ma in Pascal Siakam's case right now, for a maximum, a total of five years which is why the extension can only be three years at this point. That could change in the future, but as of right now, that's what they can offer him. More as it happens or doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, Jason Markusov uh, asks, I'm not asking about Svi just to make you pronounce it, try making you pronounce his name. Thank you. Uh, at the outset, he seemed like a potentially promising bench contributor, what happened, and does the team still see any potential? Holly, I've been talking for a while. Yeah. You know, um, that for a bit while I look up Svi's uh, games played. Sometimes <laughs> I think it's just a fit and an opportunity thing. Uh, and I know that sounds like it's simplifying everything, but I do think that it often is that, especially with players that, like you said, could be a really good contributor off the bench or a good piece if the team needs it. Um, so I don't think the opportunity was there 
for him as much as maybe he might have thought. And then when it was, he didn't really grasp it the way that he may have hoped or that you may have hoped. Um, and that happens. And I think if we look at, uh, yeah, I just, I just think that it didn't really happen and that's unfortunate, but. Yeah, so he played 56 games last year. I think what he had guaranteed minutes when they suffered that those injuries, when mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam was still making his way back early in the season, like I'm thinking of that road trip that took them to Indiana, New York, and Washington. Uh, mm-hmm. And like he had meaningful roles in all those games. And he was like, he was sort of the next guy up at that time. And like, even if he wasn't playing great, like he knew where he his was minutes playing. were coming. Like he was actually... And he was playing yeah. and he was fine. Um I think, and I think this is the way the team probably feels, uh, is that, like, in the right scenario, Svi mm-hmm. can probably be a ninth or tenth man for a team. Like, that's probably his, mm-hmm. I don't want to say best case, but that's the role that, like, you know, you could reasonably see for him. Uh, but as of now, he's how many years? Uh it's tough to add. Four years into his career, his best skill is his shooting, and he's only a 35% career shooter from three. 35.3, I should say. Uh, only one season that is, like, notably better than that, which was his season in Detroit in 2019-2020, when he shot 40% from three. If that number isn't closer, like it's just going to be tough for him to stick. I, I don't want to be reductive. It's going to be tough for him to stick if he's not closer to a 40% shooter than, than I mean, last year he was a 30% shooter. That's not good enough. He can't stick like that. His defense is not, is not good enough. Like maybe he can get better in those other areas, but if he's not, that, incre- that incremental improvement won't matter if he's not a 40% shooter, I think is the best way I can say it. Yeah. Oh, all right. I thought you did a pretty good uh, job there. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Anea. Is that how we agreed we talked, we pronounced her name? Uh, anyway, she literally told you. I know, but some things you, you know how there are some things that stick in your brain forever? And it's like, I really wish my brain would. Yeah, like, it's always like awful thoughts that haunt yeah, you at night when you're yeah. trying to sleep. And yeah. meanwhile, this person has told me how to pronounce her name three times at least twice and it will not stay in my head i think it's anaya apologies if it's not uh i think you're right you I'm have to, sure it's anaya you, you have to get a basketball related tattoo tomorrow in a relatively prominent place think forearm instead of hip <laughs> hip for example um i love I, I like this I, I like that she i like that she explained what's prominent to me um, I love that she's like, no, you're I, not, you're not just sticking something on the hip that yeah. no one's going to see. Yeah, you're not, you're not getting the uh, butterfly on the lower back. <laughs> not allowed. What's the tattoo? Where is it placed? Color or black and white? Uh, this is actually funny because this is, I don't want to say I'm seriously considering. Oh my gosh. But this is the closest, right now is the closest I've ever been to getting a tattoo. I'm not going to share what it is. Um, but I'm shook right I've, now. I've actually put some real, not some real thought. It's still low degree thought, but <laughs> more thought than I've ever put before into getting a tattoo. Um, did not expect. Do you have an that. answer? Uh, my answer. Do you have an yes. answer? For so this? I'm hoping that you or anyone listening can remember this, but if not, I apologize. You'll have to Google it. But I would get nine one three one nine in the skinny black nine zero two one zero font. 
Um, and I would get it right on my, like right below my collarbone. I think that would look very cool. The very skinny. Do you know the 90210 font? I mean, like from the show uh, 90210, it's very skinny. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But what do you want tattooed? Nine what one, number do you want tattooed? Six, sorry, 61319. 61319? Is that when they, they won the championship, the championship that day? So 90210, Have you seen that somewhere? No. Hmm. Like, that's an original idea? Like, that's a good idea. Yes, I love the 90210 font, and I I would be fine getting that on me. I think it would be cool. It would be a cool meaning. See, I've been thinking about getting, uh, like, words. Like, the tattoo I'm thinking of is words. Um, and I've been thinking of, like, the typewriter font. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's interesting that you also have a specific font in mind. Um I have no good answer for this. Uh, and I know I like the question was in there and like my problem and like I thought about it. I didn't not think about it. Um, I, I mean, I did spend at least two hours trying to figure out why Pascal Siakam can be offered what he can be offered this this afternoon. So maybe it does. Honestly, just thought, read Hollinger, subscribe to The Athletic. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think my main problem is like, it's like I I it's this forever. job for me. No, it's not even the tattoo. It's oh. just like I think when I was a fan, like when I did not have this job, it would have been a lot easier. Oh, like for sure. I don't know what it would have been, but I uh, it would have been easier. Like 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 even like the moment I was thinking of, like I used to really root for Syracuse in in mm-hmm. NCAA. Yep, and like I can picture like Hakeem Warwick blocking yes. that shot in the corner of Michael Lee. And just having like a skinny Hakeem Warwick, like getting his the logo, like, the block logo on on the block. Like at some point, I probably would have gotten it, but like I just don't. I I am not a basketball fan in that way. I love the sport, mm-hmm. so it couldn't be like a fan or even moment related tattoo. For me, I don't think like I couldn't even do yours. Well, to be clear, really. I'm not going to do this because as much as I think no, no, it is a like, great idea, I'm not going to do it because showing up in a locker room and having like the championship that I did not play in or contribute to on me would make me feel very silly as a reporter or a journalist or a writer that is covering a team. So I would not do that as much as I think my idea is beautiful. And hey, someone should go get that tattoo. Yeah, Um so, like, the only thing I can think of right now is, like, a very classic basketball um, design with the words, how you, period, tweeted, or tweeted, in the tattooed in the middle of it. Of course, referring to uh, the 2011 lockout where then uh, NBPA vice president Roger Mason Jr., former Raptor, uh Tweeted out instead of DM'd, mm-hmm. looking like a season, how, how you? You. <laughs> you need to get the actual um, tweet on your arm. Like, the actual... Because, like, I, I just figured that was too, like, that's too wordy. Um, but, like, how you talks about, like, nascent basketball. Like, it gets into nascent basketball Twitter, which I still have some fondness for. <laughs> and, like, I was more innocent as a person. Um, so I think, all? like, that. that to me is what that tattoo would would sort of represent Mm -hmm. um my and i wouldn't i don't think i would ever get color in a tattoo 
uh, is my other my other answer to this question. Yeah, I agree. For myself, um, no. Uh, no shade to those who do. I can't picture doing it. Uh, last question here, uh, and it's uh, two very different questions. Our old friend Shave asks, "What are you reading?" And what's the best song released in 2022? I love this question. Go, Eric. Go first. What are you reading? Okay, so I I actually don't remember the name of the book I'm currently reading. Oh, great. I just finished reading The Sisters Brothers uh, from like 10 years ago by Patrick DeWitt, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it more than I would picture enjoying most sort of Western-themed novels. Uh, apparently it's a movie starring John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, okay. Um, I did not love, love it, but I liked it. The, my favorite novel that I've read this year, uh, I talked to you about it briefly, you was did. My Year Abroad by Chang Lee Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a book list going. Uh, I'm, it's, I, I don't want to talk to you about it because you will put me to shame, I'm sure. But like, I think I'm at like 14 or 15 at this point, which is actually very good for me. Um, and I think like listing it, unsurprisingly to anybody who knows it knows me keeping a list encourages me to do it uh (laughs) because i like i like the idea of at the end of this of the year like ranking it or just seeing what still resonates and what i can remember so yeah that's where i am for books do you have an answer i do um so i i I separated into recently read and what i'm reading right now because i read more than one book at one time um so i recently just finished boys and oil by taylor brorby i think is his name uh it was really good really interesting um and important uh i read run towards danger by sarah polly which i would definitely recommend uh book lovers by emily henry who's one of my favorite authors who just announced her next book which very exciting announced that today um i also just finished every summer after by carly fortune which is uh based in barry's bay which is a place in ontario Yes. Barry is a place. Barry. Well, I think it's called Barry's Bay and it's like a cottage town. It's a real place, basically, is what I'm saying. That's where it's based. Yeah. Uh, Very enjoyable. Uh, But the book that I read um, a couple months ago that I I know I mentioned it to you um, and I can't stop thinking about it is Vladimir by Julia Mae Jones. Uh, I knew nothing going into it. If anyone is going to read it, I would also recommend you know nothing going into it. Uh, what I'm gonna, a ride. Uh, right, as, I, as I speak, I am just putting the title down on my uh, books list. So I rem- when I next check my book list, I'll remember that I had intended to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to read it. Go on. Yeah, uh, just was a wild ride. Um, some of the best descriptions of food I've ever had in a book. It's not a book about food. <laughs> Let me tell you that. But it was a wild ride. I really loved it. I think about it a lot. Um, and then there were things I didn't like about it, but I just loved the way it made me feel. Yeah. Like it made me think a lot. Um, I'm currently reading Bridgerton novels, which I've never read before because I really miss Bridgerton because I loved that show. Uh, Animal by Lisa T- uh, Tadeo, which... Um, is also very interesting. The Palace Papers um, and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin or Zevin, which I think you would actually like, Eric. So you can put that on your list um, as well. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. You can hear me typing. Yes. Um, so for favorite song of 20, or I guess she, he wrote best song. Uh, I'll just interpret that as favorite song, <laughs> if you don't mind me not making an objective statement. Uh, about music although i will say that one of my favorite uh onion articles of all time 
is uh, Pitchfork giving music as a whole a six point seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and like in the comment in the review it says music has some potential but is derivative of the band Pavement, which is very funny. If uh... anyway, uh, my point is I'm not making an objective <laughs> statement. Um, so. My actual answer to this question is, like, what are my favorite songs so far this year? Uh, so, like, the three I would consider are Porta by Sharon Van Etten, uh, Wild by Spoon, or Heavy Heart by Bartiz Strange. Uh, but to be honest, I don't think I've heard my favorite song of the year yet. Like, almost every year, like, there is a song that, like, at some point, it will click for me that, like something happens in this song that like kind of makes my hair stand on end. Mm-hmm. Um, and like none of those, as much as I like, like those songs, that moment has not happened for me yet. Um, so those are my three favorite, but I don't, I'm hopeful that none of them are my favorite song of the year at the end of the year, if that makes sense. I like that. I think that that's an, like, kind of an exciting thing to know you have coming for you. I mean, I don't know it's coming, but you I hope. hope it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think I answered this question wrong. Shocker. Um, and I thought it was just like favorite song. Like favorite song no, in 2022. Th- so not necessarily oh, okay. favorite song. That was not released. released in 2022. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll give my answers and it kind of works, but kind of doesn't. Um, obviously, I love the Harry Styles album. The song Daylight on that album. I just love it. It's light and fun and just makes me feel good, which is quite a feat in these times (laughs) uh i've been listening to dancing on my own by robin like obsessively this year that is one of my wife's favorite songs of all time i've been listening to it nonstop. i've been singing it nonstop. like it's just i sometimes i wake up in the morning and it's like literally in my head because like i've just been listening to it so much obviously running up that hill kate bush stranger things has made that song go everywhere so um listen to that a lot that song is so like I'm just, I'm so pleased that it is, is it's just a moment. It's such a good song. Yeah. Awesome. I I mean, that whole album's great. Anyway, go on. Uh, The other song that I've been listening to a ton is Fire For You by Cannons, which is not a new song, but I really love it. And for album, uh, I've been really listening to Steve Lacey's Gemini Rights, which just came out and is really good. I would recommend it. Um, So kind of answered, kind of not answered, but that's where I am right now. If you hear someone singing Robin, it's probably me yeah i don't think i have a favorite album either like it's like there's there aren't there just hasn't been an album that just grabbed me and have you listened to to harry yet no no um (laughs) uh well you should listen listen. to daylight later all right it's really fun um one of my favorite songs actually and probably not released or maybe it was released in 2022, is uh, based on a show recommendation you gave me, Station Eleven. Uh, Mm. There is a song played at the end of, and it's just an instrumental, uh, there's a song at the end of episode seven. And if you look it up on Spotify, uh, the song is called Doctor Eleven. um, Mm -hmm. And it's by Dan Romer, R-O-M-E-R. It is four minutes and seven seconds. Actually, you can look it up on any streaming service or wherever you want. I'm not, I don't work for Spotify. I don't need to say that just <laughs> happens to be what I have open. Um, but that song, like I might actually put it as my favorite song of the year. Ugh, um, yeah. Uh, great show. He didn't, it is like on my the... 2022 mix right now. 
He didn't ask about TV didn't shows. Didn't ask about no, shows, but, but yeah. If you haven't watched Asian uh, 11, whew. Um, speaking of soundtracks. Not, anyway, uh, I don't think I have a favorite album is my, speaking is my of, long point. Or my short point. Go on. Sorry. Speaking S- of soundtracks, soundtracks, highly recommend the Bridgerton soundtrack on whatever streaming service. I was also going to do what you just did. I listen to that all the time when I'm cooking. And it's very, very fun to listen to current popular pop songs um, being done through instrumentals very pretty all right holly we answered all the questions i wanted to ask uh no i wanted to answer one to answer <laughs> the questions you ask them we answer them on occasion to the people we didn't get around to uh, and the questions we didn't get around to hope my hope was that like either i thought we couldn't adequately answer them uh or we've covered it uh mm-hmm. in recent episodes and i didn't want to double back too much so hopefully you understand that we do thank you for all the questions this is probably no i shouldn't say that this might be the last podcast for a while uh we are sort of going on hiatus mode barring news or another development obviously follow my twitter account uh e for any news to the uh contrary or you can you know follow our podcast on whatever uh, however you get your podcasts, uh, and you will be let know, you will find out when there are new episodes. But as of now, I think our plan is to sort of go on hiatus, uh, for a little bit until the season is a lot closer. Uh, Holly. Yeah. Summer. I know. Are, are we going to, are we going to get any of but Hey. Yeah. Are we going to what? Uh, well, I, I'm going to be on a, a lake next week, so don't tell me that. That sounds fun. Um... We'll see if that actually happens. Uh, I we hope that everybody listening fight. is also enjoying the summer and doing summer things, whether it's beach or lake or pool. Whatever or... Your, your happy summer is. Yeah. Whatever you find joy in. Uh, I think we always hope that. Uh, I, it just tends to be that people can find a little more joy a little more regularly when the weather is uh, nice, which yes. most people tend to think summer is. Okay, I'm talking too much. Holly... <laughs> The first season of Jurassic Pod may or may not be in the books. I know. I don't like it. I want to keep chatting, but I get it. I understand. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I loved it. Yeah. Can't wait to come back at you uh, whenever we do. I mean, we can wait. We literally will wait. Uh, (laughs) When it comes around, whatever the reason is, we will find ourselves with something interesting to talk about and therefore likely invigorated, which is good. Holly, enjoy the rest of your summer. You too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Everybody be careful, be safe, and have fun. See ya!